You're listening to the Satanic Temple Ministries Religious Services. In each service, ministers of Satan discuss a single topic related to Satanic religious life. Services are held twice a week on Tuesday and Saturday. For more information, go to satanicministry.com. I am Minister Rene Grigori. Today is the 1st of October, 2023. And our topic today is Evil Be Thou My Good. I would like to add a content warning as some of my questions ask about subverting societal and or cultural norms, and I cannot control the responses those questions may generate. Let's start today's service with our invocation. Let us stand now, unbowed and unfettered by arcane doctrines born of fearful minds in darkened times. Let us embrace the Luciferian impulse to eat of the tree of knowledge and dissipate our blissful and comforting delusions of old. Let us demand that individuals be judged for their concrete actions, not their fealty to arbitrary social norms or illusory categorizations. Let us reason our solutions with agnosticism in all things, holding fast only to that which is demonstrably true. Let us stand firm against any and all arbitrary authority that threatens the personal sovereignty of one or all. That which will not bend must break, and that which can be destroyed by truth should never be spared its demise. It is done. Hail Satan. So, last month, I attended an after-school Satan Club's back-to-school event at a library in Lancaster, California. I anticipated an evening of open-minded discussion and Satanic community engagement, but little did I know that my choice to attend would make me the target of fervent Christian protesters. As I approached the library entrance, a group of demonstrators confronted me with accusations of being evil and warned me of eternal damnation. Inside the library, the after-school Satan Club meeting unfolded as a space for critical thinking, inclusivity, and intellectual exploration. We engaged in thoughtful discussions about science, reason, personal freedom, along with making arts and crafts and having some snacks. However, the shadow of the protesters lingered, and their verbal assaults cast a pall over the meeting. To the protesters, these notions of science and reason, critical thinking, and inclusivity were considered evil because we call ourselves Satanists. In this service, I want to explore the subversion or inversion of these concepts of good and evil. I want to start by discussing John Milton's epic poem, Paradise Lost, from which the quote and title of this service comes, Evil, Be Thou My Good. John Milton was a fervent revolutionary who harbored a deep-seated disdain for the monarchy of his time and the nepotism inherent in that system. Interestingly, this parallels the concept of a heavenly kingdom and the relationship between Jesus and his father. 
Milton's political convictions found expression in his writings, and his opposition to the established order ultimately led to his downfall and imprisonment. In his 60s, and mentally broken from the harsh conditions of the Tower of London, Milton managed to complete his epic poem, Paradise Lost. The circumstances of his confinement and the emotional toll it took on him are believed to have infused his poem with a profound sense of both despair and defiance. Paradise Lost, published in 1667, stands as one of Milton's most significant works. However, Milton scholars, including John Leonard, posit that certain parts of the poem may have been, may have been written much earlier than its final publication date. Romanticism poets, such as William Blake, the father of the Romantic movement, Lord Byron, Percy Shelley, William Hazlitt, among others, interpreted the character of Satan in the poem as the true hero of the narrative. This unconventional reading highlights the subversive nature of Milton's work, challenging traditional notions of good and evil. One of the most memorable lines from Paradise Lost encapsulates this inversion of values when Satan proclaims, evil be thou my good, in stark contrast with God's good. This phrase serves as a poignant reflection of the complex interplay between morality and perspective. It suggests a profound reconsideration of the conventional understanding of God's good and Satan's evil, implying that these concepts are not absolute, but subject to interpretation. In a certain light, what is traditionally perceived as good may under different circumstances or perspectives be viewed as its inverse, evil. Milton's exploration of these themes adds layers of nuance to the epic, making Paradise Lost a timeless work that continues to captivate readers and provoke thought on the nature of morality and rebellion. Throughout our lives, there have likely been societal and cultural notions that were considered good or proper, and those deemed evil or wrong. I want to start the discussion tonight by asking my panelists the following question. Can you provide an example of a time you were treated as if you were, or directly called out as, being evil? And how did that make you feel? Marilyn, sorry, I didn't see your hand get raised. Hi, um, thank you for this discussion and for your declaration. Um, I would like to start by saying that I live in a country that is very open-minded um, on most things, um, and I am privileged in that sense. Um, I'm also fairly average looking, you know, um, and I mean fairly like pale skin. So um, I don't have as many problems as some might. So I acknowledge I'm from a place of privilege here. Um, 
So one of my favorite time that have been called uh, something evil, because I've been called something evil a lot um, because of my looks when I was younger, especially because um, kids are evil <laughs> sometimes, um, you know, being goth in, you know, uh, an environment of normal kids uh, can get you in these kind of situations a lot. Um, so one of my favorite time, and it's like a core memory, is I was walking to the bus stop from high school and a little girl saw me and I had like bright pink bands and really dark black hair and like my corset and my my gothic lolita metalhead. It's like I just stopped by trying to like uh, that must be for me because like that's usually a thing. And what was really cool is um I thought I felt great about this because it was a small child. Um, looking alternative in high school and all that, you know, can get you in the other kind of situation. But this one was like a kid that was questioning if somebody looking weird might actually be friendly. You know, she trusted me enough to like, huh. I'm supposed to fear you because you look like this, but you look cool, you know? And that made me feel really nice. Um, I've been called many things for my looks. Uh, I mostly felt annoyed and rolled my eyes a lot. I have not felt scared most of the time, but I know I have. Um, what I mostly feel is pity for the people that are calling me names thinking that I'm evil when they don't know me and they just prejudice, you know, um, I rarely feel threatened. Um, I've been made a villain a lot for being paranoid or uh, negative uh, or playing on the side of caution and being like not, not, you know, fun. Uh, but I think it makes me feel misunderstood and lonely most of the time when I'm being called evil or being made feel evil. Um, it's a bit alienating uh, to seem to be the only one taking a danger or risk uh, on principle of precaution or to be the only one critically thinking and not like accepting something at face value. Um, also, as a, as a, I would say, former fetish model and poly and pan, uh, funny enough, I've never had much people judge me. Maybe it's because I surrender myself. I mean, I surround myself with like nice people, um, even though they're considered evil by like the outsider of the group. Um, I tend to stay away from the crowd that would think me evil. I save myself and I save them the trouble, you know. Um, I think like I've mostly been vilified by people who can't see or admit their ignorance or their fault. So yeah, most of the time I feel sorry for them more than I feel scared for myself.
Yeah, it's um, it's weird how people uh, judge us. Um, I remember one time I was wearing a, a, an atheist T-shirt that had a picture of the United States flag, and I forget what the saying was on it, but it clearly identified atheism. And I was in a supermarket, and the guy came up and put his hands on his hips, and he was staring me down, and I'm just like, whatever, dude, walked right around him. But it was obvious he was trying to be intimidating. And I'm like, it's just a t-shirt. Get over yourself, you know. But people can get so weirded out by the way we dress. Um, Agrippina. Yes, thank you. Um, I, I think the biggest thing for me of being seen like a sinner as well as evil is when I was younger, I went to Roman Catholic boarding school. So as somebody who's neurodivergent, so I'm autistic, um, and also as a young child, I was very much attracted to the feminine. Um, so I'm a trans woman, just in case people don't know. Um, the nuns took very, very poorly to those presentations, um, particularly like the aversion to actually look people in the eye, the social cues, those sorts of things, um, as well as the proclivity to be attracted to feminine things, playing with dolls, um, those sorts of things. So the nuns took it upon themselves as to cleanse me of this evil, of this sin um, that was part of me. So being in a boarding school, you could never get away from it. Like Monday to Friday, I'd be dropped off by my parents on Monday and get picked up at like five, six o'clock Friday afternoon. So basically the nuns, in a sense, um, made it their, their mission to cure me of this evil and, and to fix it. So I, I think as far as like what those long-term consequences are, it took me many, many, many years to come to terms with the true person that I actually am, um, to park internalised transphobia, to actually be comfortable with the person that I am as far as neurodivergence, those sorts of things go. Um, and, it, and it caused me to be incredibly withdrawn, um, depressed and anxious, etc. So th those years or those formative years because of the nuns and within that environment, I would say were highly damaging for myself. I totally get that. I also went to a uh, Catholic boarding school. It was a cap military Catholic boarding school, uh, Marmion Military Academy in Aurora, Illinois. And yeah, it can be intense. Um, we we had, I had Chris, uh, Roman Catholicism foisted upon me from an early childhood. And uh, I got to be honest, I really didn't believe any of it, even when I was a little kid. Um, so having it foisted on us, you know, it, it damages you. And especially when you're being told that you're wrong, you're the evil one, you're the mistake, you're the screw up, um, and you're not. And, you know, Catholic guilt will fuck everybody up every time. <laughs> so my heart goes out to you. I, I, I do get where you're coming from with that. Uh, Minister Skio. Yeah, so my my experience with this has gone back to 
very early age of mine. I uh, neurodivergent. I have uh, tension deficit hyperactivity disorder, and uh, thankfully I was diagnosed at the early age of six and got help then. But before that, um, I wasn't. And my parents both traveled a lot um, as I was growing up. And so they often hired a nanny to raise me, who happened to be Catholic. And often things with um, ADHD is um, your uh, actions kind of uh, short circuit past your cognitive thinking. And af after that, I remember getting a lot of therapy, like Skio, like uh, just like think before you do something. I remember year years of that as a kid. Well, anyways, this uh, Catholic nanny, um, you know, it's like, don't don't hit your brother. Or, Why'd you do that? Oh, I don't, I don't know. Oh, he doesn't know. He must be possessed. So my my mom one time found out that uh, this nanny was going to try to exercise me and then immediately fire her. <laughs> and uh, thankfully, I don't rem really remember that traumatic ex experience, but it's, uh, it's, it's something that just stuck with me where just the jumping to conclusions and unwillingness to try to fully understand something that you're not used to and that an, another experience i had as as an adult uh after joining the satanic temple was wearing uh that comes to mind is when i was at a grocery store uh at checkout uh late at night i was pretty much the only one there in line and um i was wearing tst sweatshirt and they asked, oh, TST, is that like a band or something? I'm like, no, it's the Satanic Temple. And they got like really quiet all of a sudden and just stopped chatting. And I'm like, oh, no, well, this is what the uh, Satanic Temple is for and, uh, and, and whatnot. And I remember thinking back, I'm like, why did I feel embarrassed about that where I had to explain myself? It's not like my fault that they were jumping to negative conclusions and getting all all quiet and maybe a little look of fright on their faces. Um, but I mean, that's that's the danger that fear fear can uh, present and, uh, you know, make you feel like being neurodivergent. I've always felt as like an other, maybe not as far as like, uh, evil but i've always just growing up been among peers like yeah skia's weird and whatnot and we're not going to try to understand why but um just kind of keep him at arms arms distance <laughs> uh with the rest rest of the friends friends group as i was growing up but um you know, I I, th I think I at, at least I thankfully turned out well, I think, and um, I'm really thankful for the community I found here with the Satanic Temple. We can we can all be the um, the weird ones and the others together.
Yeah, I've known Skio for quite a few years now, and Skio's awesome. Um, we are the the island of misfit toys, uh, as Minister Regina from the TST SoCal uh, congregation likes to say, and it holds true. Um, you know, the world looks at us like we're the weirdos, and okay, fine, that's I'm good with that. Um, if they could learn to accept us, that would be even better. Uh, I, I have this, this idea in my head of Satan, one of his attributes, you know, fictional character Satan, but one of his attributes is that uh, of the uh, seeker of enlightenment who strives to displace ignorance, prejudice, and fear with knowledge, compassion, and understanding. And it would be really nice if the rest of the world were to seek enlightenment in that fashion. Um, oh, well, we've got us, though. Uh, Minister Marilyn. Hey, just wanted to add something. Um, it's funny that we have so many uh, neurodivergent here. Um, so I also was diagnosed or recognized as like uh, autistic when I was very young, which is rare for um, a girl um, of like such a young age. My mom actually tried to put me in a Catholic school for one year because she thought that I could jump uh, one class because I was already reading and everything. And in the Catholic school, they had the six-year-old with the 10-year-old and all the betweens in the same um in the same room so I don't know like that was a weird thought of my mom but anyways I was not considered evil for having uh, autism because I was in advance and I was like one of those that are considered gifted so it was actually something that was good I was good for being gifted until I went to the bible study thing which i was like i don't understand this thing and i was critically thinking at that age and that got me in trouble with the priest he actually like threw a tantrum saying that i was possessed and stuff like that and would not baptize me um so i could get communion and all that jazz so it turns out to be in my favor anyways because i don't have to have an apostasy or anything like this but um honestly it's weird to see how you guys have been treated like evil because of your autism and difference. Whereas me, I've been considered different, but good different. There are things that quirks, you know, like I can't look at you in the eyes or I might interrupt you or something like this, or I might play by myself and not with a group, but I'm still gifted and not, you know, evil so it's it's weird to see how it is seen from person to person from culture to culture yeah it goes back to that perception thing right um it, it just surprises me because i when you were saying that I have read about so many instances where uh, throughout history, people have thought people were possessed by the devil, and it turned out that they were neurodivergent, or um, maybe they suffered from epilepsy or something like that. And instead of seeking medical treatment, they use this 
religious psychobabble that in many cases ended up being torturous and potentially even life-threatening. Um, people have died being exercised of their demons, supposedly, um, usually due to malnourishment and uh, dehydration and things like that, because the priests and shamans and whoever's doing whatever the exorcism is, they're not, they're, they're, on the one hand, they think they're thinking of the well-being of the individual by trying to get rid of the demon, but the truth is they're really not. They're they're missing the mark there. And instead, what they're doing is, is they're creating great harm for that individual. Um, Agrippina. Sorry. Um, I, I think it was a really good point about the autism. I think one of the things with me is like I'm 51 now. So back in that time, like late 70s, early 80s, I don't think autism was very well understood. Um, so I, I'm not sure. I don't think there was that much testing. There definitely wasn't when I was younger um, versus now. And I think the understanding that has actually come through um, and the acceptance of people that are neurodivergent um, has got a lot, lot better, which is, I, I think if that's the case, it's much better for people growing up now, um, being treated as just different, you know, different accommodations are needed, um, those sorts of things, um, as opposed to like the exorcism. Unfortunately, I think exorcisms still take place with uh, neurodivergent people. They're seen as evil in some like third world countries or very highly highly religious areas and highly religious countries, which I think is really, really sad. And it is incredibly damaging. Um, as Minister Renee has mentioned, there's so much harm can actually be done um, through um, trying to exercise the demons, those sorts of things, as opposed to actually getting proper support, um, mental health um, support, care, and um, like that loving, nurturing environment that allows people to be the best they absolutely can. Absolutely. Okay, I'm gonna move on to our next question here. Um, can you provide an example of a social or a cultural norm which was deemed evil but you did anyway. And what persuaded you to go against the norm? Minister Marilyn. So, um, I don't know. I feel like breaking taboos is something I've been doing a lot. Um, not taking it, you know, like taking it when, um, uh, I am told something or to do something or somebody messing with me, uh, not trying to fit in, not fawning and obeying blindly, um, not learning by heart something I don't adhere to, um, especially as a woman and as a girl, that is breaking, that is defying the order which i think sometimes um 
order can be obtained through evil, as we just said. So um, if defiance is evil, I think for some people, order is evil. Like, you know, like a, a, a dictatorship. Oh, yeah, you get order. No problem. Everybody's falling in line. At what cost? You know? Um, arbitrary authority defiance is something that got me um, in trouble. But it is right. And I will just do it. And I do not care whose feathers are ruffled. If I do not adhere to something, I just, I guess, I guess it's probably a cultural thing here. Like we have protests all the time. Um, we are raised to be critical thinkers, honestly. It's, it's a very, uh, very good legacy that we have here with the philosophers, Le Lumière and all that. Um, another thing um, that I think is socially or culturally the norm is like, well, eternal normativity and, you know, committed relationship only, one partner, you know, like uh, things like this. I mean, having said a, a sex out of a committed relationship that is like out there, I'm not saying cheating, but I'm saying like if you're having multiple partners at one time and you're not engaging into like uh, living together or something like this, it can be considered like bad, evil, not exactly evil, but you know, like bad. Um, Taking contraception can be bad. Having abortion can be bad. Stuff like that. I mean, when you're having a life-threatening, you know, pregnancy or an unwanted pregnancy, abortion is considered evil. But like, what if you're about to die because it's not a place where it's supposed to be or something like that? I had miscarriages, but if I didn't have miscarriages, I might have had abortion and that might have saved my life so this is something i would have done um that is considered evil by a whole lot of people but i think my presence might be good for a lot of people even if it sounds arrogant like instead of me not surviving something like that um so yeah I guess surviving is one of the reasons and making progress is another reason and making people understand, you know, like, why are you doing this? Did you ever think about it, you know? Or why do I have to, as a girl, like be docile? Why? Can you explain that to me? Do you hear yourself saying that to me? You need to tell me why. And you need to realize why you're asking me to take it, to be docile, to fall in line and like maybe think about it for yourself um yeah i don't know like it's a whole bunch of blah blah but i i hope it makes sense in the end yeah rejecting the oppression and control uh totally made sense to me um agrippina mm. I, I think the biggest one, like as I was born in the 70s, was playing Dungeons and Dragons. So my parents absolutely didn't want me playing a game that was so, so evil as Dungeons and Dragons. And 
so I actually just hit it from them. Um, I, I found playing it was great for an escape. Uh, I was bullied terribly in school. So to have that escapism and to actually participate in this imaginary world with my friends, of which I didn't have that many, um, was absolutely incredible. And I didn't actually really understand why people thought it was so evil, so bad, but later on learnt about things like the satanic panic, all those sorts of things. Um, so I absolutely um, continued to play Dungeons and Dragons. However, I did it in the context of hiding it, um, like going to a friend's house or something like that, and basically hiding the dice and the games and those sorts of things. I think the other thing, I don't think it was considered so much evil, but it was definitely inappropriate, is the strong desire I have for social justice. So if I believe something was actually wrong or, or not right, I'd be incredibly vocal and, and definitely stand up for um, a lot of the times the social minority or things that I think was actually justice or the right thing. So that had a tendency of definitely putting me offside within um, social groups with my parents. Um, but that, that desire to make sure that justice is actually done and, and um, the right things actually happen is something that still stays with me today. I am so sorry to hear that. Um, I too was bullied. Uh, incredible amount when I was a child. And I never understood why. Um, I didn't think I was doing anything right or wrong or why anybody was had it in for me. And it turned out years later, I had reconnected with a childhood friend and one of the few friends I had as a child. And we were talking about it. And I said, I still to this day don't know why I was bullied so much. And they were like, really? You never figured it out? And I'm like, no. They said, you always asked all these questions about God and everything that scared everybody, because what you were doing was basically basically asking heretical questions, and it terrified all the other students, and that's why they picked on you. If you would just have shut your mouth, you'd have been okay, and it's like, but I didn't understand, and I wanted to learn. I mean, we're in school, right? But uh, yeah, people, it, it gets weird. Anyway, uh, Minister Skio. Yeah, so this, this story is another personal um, experience of mine from high, high school to college journey from getting into evangelical uh, Christianity, uh, to being disillusioned with it, and then moving on to agnosticism, then atheism, then Satanism. So, um, you know, in in high school, I fell into uh, evangelical Christianity, uh, being going just to a private school because I was uh, I had ADHD. My parents thought that it'd be good for me to go to private school. Well, in the United States, most private schools are religious schools. And so I was presented something bigger than myself and 
was just enraptured by it and wanted to be part of something bigger than myself. Well, the problem with that that uh, came on with uh, doing things considered evil was, you know, going through puberty, uh, having first experience with sex, and like that's that's considered evil. You know, sex, sex before marriage, sex outside of uh, marriage, and um, yeah, growing growing up that really fuck fucked with my head because like christians they don't they believe it's a matter of like you know uh willpower and right and wrong and just pray hard enough anything's possible but like the reality is like sex is a biological process that is billions of years older than our species it's not you'll have sex sex will have you and i didn't understand that at the time and I just went through a cycle of like self uh self hatred going back uh like trying to find uh consolence and support in the church that just wasn't there where it was basically well you're not trying hard enough you know it's it's your it's your problem for like giving into wanting to look at pornography or masturbate or you know, have sex with your girlfriend or what, whatnot. And it just, I just spiraled into a very dark place at that time. And that was also the time where I realized one of my close friends was uh, gay. And there's of course the, um, I still apologize to him at years, years later for the things I said to him. And he's still like, no, I I get it. You drink, you were drinking the Kool Aid at the time. I don't hold it against you, and I'm still feel guilty, anyways. Even even though he uh, forgave me, but um, that was another thing that I just couldn't reconcile. Was like I generally genuinely understood that being gay wasn't a choice, but then trying to do the mental gymnastics to reconcile what I was being taught at church and the combination of these things just um while I was going through college and trying to study to be a pastor I just I just dropped out and just became disillusioned with it with it all and very slowly over over the years just was able to put myself back together and finally just say do you do you fuck that 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 was all just fucking fucking bullshit you know like i don't i don't want to be their version of what a nice guy is i don't want i don't um you know, you know this these like norms of god is good and whatnot and then hearing about the satanic temple is what after after um you know realizing there uh there is no god and um mora- morality is you know subjective to human our own human experiences and you know doing what's good for ourselves and good for each other and that's that's what led me to the satanic satanic temple which you know with um based on the uh revolt of the angels by anatole france it just 
um, it's it's just it it's it really it's I I'm in I'm in a much better place now knowing knowing like really accepting myself who I am accepting my friends for who they are and yeah that's 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 been my journey to answer answer that that question Renee that's a great answer I mean you know there's nothing worse than somebody else setting the standard for you and when you fail to meet this unexpected unbelievably high standard they put all the blame and shame on you you know no fuck that you should accept and embrace your authentic self and you know respect the freedom and autonomy of others i think that's true for all of us um and we set our own standards uh you know this is it's so crazy um and I, I grew up with the same kind of crap, too. So, I mean, when you started talking about uh, having sex before marriage, oh, they hammered away at that one when I was a kid for so long. And the first time I had the opportunity to have sex, that went right into my head. And then I went, fuck that. <laughs> I mean, I was being safe. I was I was using a condom and everything. And the other person was being responsible as well. So, Screw what they screw what the uh, establishment says. You do you as long as you're not harming anyone. All right, we're going to move on to my favorite of these questions. Um, can you share some examples of movies, literature, or music which has been deemed evil in which you found inspiration and considered good? And I'm going to actually throw my answer in here um, because, oh, fuck me. I was considered so evil when I was younger. I was, uh, like Agrippina, I, I was actually born in 68, so I'm 55 now. But I was raised during the really 70s and 80s. And back then in the Catholic Church, uh, there was music that was deemed evil, like Black Sabbath. Iron Maiden, bands like Rush and Led Zeppelin, and I loved those bands. I remember ACDC, they used to call it Antichrist Devil Child, and Rush was rulers under Satan's hand, and Kiss was knights in Satan's service. They had all these neat little acronyms that they had made out of the names. Um, but I remember there was one instance where the... Um, an, uh, an ex uh, older student who had moved on to high school um, had committed suicide. And I'm not going to talk about that. But what I am going to talk about is the priest's reaction, because that student's parents donated lots and lots and lots of money to the church. And the church will not allow a person who has committed suicide to take last rites, which is one of their sacraments. And they will not allow them to be buried in a Catholic funeral. And what this means is that family would stop donating all this money to them. So the Catholic Church did an investigation and decided that the child did not commit suicide. They were murdered because they were possessed by the devil. 
And when they explained this to us, I raised my hand and I asked how they knew that he was possessed by the devil. And the priest said, well, they had some Black Sabbath albums in their room and a book called the Satanic Bible. And I raised my hand and they called on me and I said, which of the Black Sabbath albums did they have? And they were just like, we are not doing this. You should not own those records. They are a gateway to hell. If you own them, get rid of them. This is bad stuff. I went out that weekend with my allowance money and bought my very first Black Sabbath album. And I loved it. I thought it was great. And I continued to buy albums. And I've got just a ton of Black Sabbath albums now. But yeah, it was considered evil. It was considered wrong. And all I wanted to do was hear it to see what, what could be so bad about this. And it turns out on Master of Reality, one of their songs actually praises God. So, you know, they didn't even know what they were talking about. Anyway, um, Agrippina, I see your hand up. Yes, thank you. There, there's so, so many um, things which come to mind. Like as I've already, already mentioned, uh, Dungeons and Dragons was definitely a big thing as being seen as um, like very evil, bad, satanic. Um, like you, I very much was into music. So Iron Maiden and particularly the artwork and posters, which I've still got today, some of them. Um, and basically having a demon like with aces high flying a, a plane and just all that trying to find like the symbols that were always in the posters and in different areas and stuff absolutely loved it loved the music um rocky horror picture show i think was a huge one um I, there was a lady that wanted to watch it and i was 14 and I was told you can't watch it because it's so evil. So I went to a friend's place and watched porn instead. Um, so, um, but also literature, um, Michael Moorcock, I think it was um, Elric Chronicles, um, had a presentation of the devil actually just being misunderstood. So the, the concept was is that the, the devil wasn't actually a bad person, was just basically forced to do a job and they had bad press was sort of the, the angle that was taken. So um, that was seen as really quite evil. Same with Tolkien, like some people, like particularly the nuns, they saw the world created by Tolkien as evil and dynamic and, and wrong. Um, I read the Cimmerillion when I was eight, I think it was. Um, so there, there was a lot of those sorts of things. I think one of the ones which was funnier, or probably the funniest, is so after Catholicism, my family converted to being a Baha'i. So basically a Baha'i, if you're not familiar with it, it, it basically encompasses all the world's religions. So it, it teaches, you take on the teachings of um, Buddha, of Muhammad, and, and all those um, learnings. So I had to learn the Quran, the Bible, teachings of Buddha, the Torah, etc. And there was a TV show that I absolutely loved. It was called Monkey Magic. And my mother refused to let me watch the show because it was evil. It had magic, etc. But when she found out it was actually based on the teachings of Buddha, 
then all of a sudden it was okay and I was allowed to actually watch the show. So it's kind of funny, the different perceptions about what is actually perceived as evil um, within the context of what somebody's religious beliefs were. Um, the, the lack of flexibility of people's minds to actually go through and say, hey, look, just because this is a different angle, like Paradise Lost is probably a, a prime example um, of, of being misunderstood, those sorts of things how people can actually do these mental gymnastics. Um, I, I think a really funny one because of the, my view, I actually had a boss say, look, you're, you're so socialist, you need to read Mein Kampf. And like Mein Kampf is actually seen as a, a very evil, horrible book. Um, I've actually read it and it was like, that's really badly written. Um, it's a horrendous, like it's not even that nice a book, I don't think but it gives a bit of a context to how Hitler saw himself, um, which I think was kind of interesting, but that's seen as an evil book. So why can't we read those sorts of things, get a perspective and then be critical and question and challenge, you know, what we're actually reading to actually put things for ourselves for that, um, to come up with our own narrative or for our own, um, development. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I, I, I do remember uh, Tolkien being very much hated by the uh, priests and nuns at where I was growing up. Oof. And it was such great literature. I mean, I, I struggled getting through the Cimmerillion, to be honest. Um, but I really loved The Hobbit and then The Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, Mary Lee. So I had um, Tolkien in mind as well as witches and vampires, um, stories of diverse authors. Um, I think fantastic books and literature, like it's my favorite thing, sci-fi and fantastic uh, to read. Um, it's good metaphor for a lot of them. It makes me think about the real life, and it's it's ground for critical thinking and like accepting differences and stuff like that. So it is considered evil. Um, I'd like to just make a little bit of a comment on um something you touched on before. Uh, personally, I think it is ridiculous to associate like what you listen to or how you dress to um surviving life and you're not going to survive life anyways um but i don't like when people say commit suicide because commit intent it implies that it's a sin or a crime um and as catholic priests they would say committed suicide but i think it's death by not commit you know it's not a crime it's it's unfortunate most of the time but, you know, if there's a euthanasia and stuff like that, like, sometimes it's a deliverance. So I don't like the commit part. Anyways, um, something that I think is inspiring and I think is good and a lot of people consider it bad is nudity. Um, I love uh, Gauguin and... I love going to museums and seeing marble statues and stuff like that. I think we have a lot to offer in our birthday suits. Uh, 
I think it shows a lot of differences. It shows our our vulnerable nature and how amazing our bodies can be. You know, like you can do so many things and the body can do so many things for you. Um, I absolutely love nudes. Uh, so this is something that people consider evil because you know, nudity is sexuality and sexuality is evil because copulation, blah, blah, blah. Like, I like nudes in art. Um, what else was I thinking? Um, I think books. Um, you were talking about Mein Kampf. I was going to say a lot of people consider socialism and communism to be bad. Is it? Is it like literature or something? Yeah, you can find literature on that. Um, I think it's more like way of thinking, philosophy, kind of art. Um, like fertile ground for critical thinking. Um, and it's defiant to some societies, such as like in the US, to actually you know, look into that. Um, so I don't think it fits into like the literature or movies, but that's something I think is good to look into and to tap into. Um, but I like cherry picking. So I take some of these things and I take some things from other things. Um, and I don't just go with one thing and the one true way, you know? Um, I think it's better to be a little bit socialist and communist than capitalist and theocrat, but that's my opinion. Anyways, I'm gonna leave the mic. I do wanna say thank you for uh, your comment on uh, the use of the word commit in that context. Um, I quite honestly, that's how I've always heard it said, so I never really paid it much mind, but uh, now that it's been brought to my attention, it's something I will definitely think about. Um, we are getting a little bit short on time, but Skio, I'd love to hear what you have to say. Yeah, so my uh, is also to do with music. Um, there's actually it's something I, uh, I, I love that Drake's his relationship with between me and my dad is uh, the first album. Uh, when I got into collecting vinyls, the first album I got is the uh, self-titled Doors album, which coincidentally, after I got it, my dad told me that that was the first album he ever bought when it came out in 1967 and he got it as a kid. And his mom thought it was satanic as hell with the lyrics, like uh, one of the songs, The End, where it's, this is the end, beautiful friend. This is the end, my only friend. And and another part of the song where it says, ride the snake, ride the snake to the lake, the ancient lake, baby. And his, uh, my dad was telling me stories like, yeah, my mom was just, just like, what is this end of day satanic thing you're listening to? And uh, it's funny because I um, a favorite pastime of my brother and I is just to troll my mom, who she identifies as a mystic Christian. Um, she was raised uh, Catholic, uh, Irish Catholic. And so I love to listen to ghosts around here. That's one of my favorite, favorite bands. And uh, driving in the car, my birthday, listening to the uh year zero song where it's like billion 
behemoth Beelzebub. She's like, did he just say Beelzebub? And then it continues, Asmodeus, Satanus, Lucifer. <laughs> She's like, oh my gosh, Skio, can we listen to something else? My brother and I are like, no, this is good music. <laughs> and um, what I what I, I what I do love is uh, my mom has had. Um, she's actually had a good experience where she's uh she she loves me and she re rethink uh reevaluates her own prejudice and i don't think she like is actively thinking in this way but i i can see it as a process with her where she's just slowly reevaluating her own prejudices um because she love she loves me and finds that more important than her own fears with things because she's always like the satanic temple can't you guys use like another name and i'm like no there's no other like uh like old old cultural icon that we can what we can use that you know really represents you know an uh enemy you make us and enemy we are and a whole plethora of other other things of like why we use satan you know in our religion yeah that's a great observation at the end there but i mean when you were talking about the music and stuff i was laughing so hard i loved it all right well um it looks like our our hour for this uh, service is almost up. I'd like to thank all of you in the audience for spending this time with us to explore our topic regarding how folks perceive these notions of good and evil. I'd like to finish by pausing so we can all take a moment to think about our perceptions of good and evil and what that means to each of us. 